0: This morning, we're continuing on in a series we, we've entitled, there we go, this morning <laughs> uh, we're continuing on a series we've uh, entitled, I Declare War, and it's the second half of 2021 here in July, and so we're saying, hey, there, there are some things we need to just say no more to for the second half of this year. Uh, we started out a couple of weeks ago with procrastination, last week talking about, we declared war on negativity, and today we're talking about declaring war on things that control us. And so um, this is important because things can creep into our lives that take away resources, take away time, take away our joy, our energy, and they keep us from realizing all that God wants us to do. And today we're going to talk about that because when we identify things that are doing that, we need to declare war on those. Some of you know that Debbie and I have been uh, building a house here in Prattville for the last nine months, and we moved in the other day and Uh, We discovered that when the sod was laid down in our our yard and other things, apparently there were army worms in it because there were army worms all over the driveway. We went out the other day after we'd moved in. And so I called a yard guy out, uh, specializes in that, and he came and sprayed it. And he said, that army lost the war. Okay, they're done. And it's like, man, what if we could declare war on things that control us that same way? They're done. I'm done with this. God wants us to have victory in our lives. His way is always best, and he has a wonderful plan for each one of us. And I don't want anything else to control my life except him. So if you agree with that, then pray with me, and we'll jump right in. Lord, I just pray that every plan you have for my life, every plan you have for our lives, Lord, we would realize that. Every purpose you have sketched out for us, Lord, those things would come to fruition in our lives. And Lord, that can't happen if we're siphoning away energy and joy and time and resources into things that don't amount to anything. And so, Lord, today I pray that you'll speak and move me out of the way and you'll remind us that there are things that can control us, that we need to declare war on. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can give us victory. If you would like the Lord to speak to you today, If you're willing to hear what he has to say to you today, then say, Lord, I'm listening. Just say it out loud if you're listening. Say, Lord, I'm listening. listening. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. First of all, I want to remind us that we live in a world that is sinful, where it's easy to develop habits and addictions that control us and ruin our lives. 3,000 years ago, Proverbs 23. Who has anguish, who has sorrow, who's always fighting, who's always complaining, who has unnecessary bruises, who has bloodshot eyes? It's one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down, for in the end it bites like a poisonous snake, stings like a viper. You'll see hallucinations, you'll say crazy things, you'll stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast, and you'll say, they hit me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can look for another drink? I mean, this has been going on forever. This is the human condition. We live in a fallen world, lots of temptations to invite things into our lives that can control us. But the note reminds us there are many things that control us besides alcohol. I mean, opioids. I mean, there's headlines every month now, every week. I mean, you can find tons of articles online today of how... There's an opioid crisis. People got on painkillers when they had knee surgery, and that was 10 years ago, and they can't get off. They're stuck. Controls them. Could be um, illegal drugs, could be gambling. I had hoped to have one of our uh, church members who's involved in our Wetumpka location this morning here with us to share how Christ gave her victory over a gambling addiction, but she couldn't come because she has COVID. She couldn't be here today. We live in a world where this is is real. Pornography, work, social media, sex, food, all these things can control us. I mean, I was at a pastor's conference uh, a week before last, and one of the pastors there said the senior pastor that he had worked with had just been a workaholic. Worked 85 hours a week, didn't have any friends, never took any time off, just worked and worked and worked. One day I had a complete nervous breakdown, completely melted down. Because he just got way out of balance. I mean, these things can happen to us as Christians. That's why we're talking about this today. And so it's important to remind ourselves that Christ paid the penalty for our sins on the cross and we're saved by his grace, but this does not mean we should go on sinning. This does not mean we should then say, well, I'm saved, so I can go on and give in to an addiction. I can work too much, eat too much, take drugs that control me. It doesn't mean that at all, because God has a purpose for you and me. It's not just about going to heaven someday. It's also being obedient to him this day, right now. Listen to what Paul wrote about this in Romans 6. Do not let sin control the way you live. Could we read that much together, please? Do not let sin control the way you live. Now listen to some more here. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Sin is rebellion against God. If God says, thou shalt not, we say, I'm doing it anyway. If he says, this is what I want you to do, we go, not me. I mean, it's sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what's right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? Now, you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. I mean, here's what happened when we gave our lives to Christ. I mean, we were set free from the penalty of sin. He paid that full on the cross. He sent the Holy Spirit. God sent the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts to give us the power to change from the inside out. And for the first time in our life, we have the freedom to choose not to sin. I mean, before we were believers, of course we sinned. That's what Unbelievers do. Fish swim, birds fly, unbelievers sin. But for the first time in our lives, we woke up and realized, I don't have to live under the control of the devil anymore. I have a new master, and the master I serve is Christ. This is important. Listen to what Paul says. Thank God you were once slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you're free from your slavery to sin, and you become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. But now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so you'll become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? Well, now you're now ashamed of the things you used to do things that end in eternal doom. But now you're free from the power of sin and become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now listen to what Paul also wrote in 1 Corinthians 6. You say, I'm allowed to do anything. I mean, if Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I'm saved by grace, well then I'm allowed to do anything, and Paul says, but not everything's good for you, and even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. I say all this because I meet with people, and their lives are out of control. I mean, over 35 years of ministry, I've met with many people where things are controlling them. They come to see me because their spouse is uh, three nights a week, uh, passes out in a recliner after drinking three six-packs of beer by himself. Or maybe uh, they're spending six, seven, eight hours a day on social media, and their marriage is falling apart. I mean, these things happen to Christians. And what's interesting is, and I'm taking the time to go through all this, because when I talk to people and say, hey, we got to talk about this, we got to deal with this, and we're going to talk about six things we can do to declare war on things that control us, but I'm taking the time to talk about this because there are many times people say, well, so you're saying I'm not a Christian when I bring this up. And I go, no, I'm saying you're a Christian who drinks too much. You're a Christian who spends too much time online. You're a Christian that's under the control of illegal drugs. I mean, is it possible for Christians to eat too much? Two words, potluck, okay, yes, it's possible for Christians to eat too much, drink too much. It's possible for Christian men to be addicted to porn. All of these things are possible. doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It means there are areas in your life that are under the control of some habitual sin or some addiction, and if we don't come to terms with that, we'll never be free of it. But praise be to God, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He sent the Holy Spirit to be in us to set us free from the controlling power of sin. So what you're going to see in the rest of this outline are six things we can do with that in mind. Paul wrote Romans to Christians. The Christians in Rome. That's where the letter of Romans was written to. This isn't about all the bad people who haven't come to Jesus yet. Praise God, when you come to Jesus, you don't have to clean up your life first. You just come to him messed up as you are. And you say, Lord, I'm a mess. Forgive me. That's what it means to surrender my life to Christ. And then when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, piece by piece, he unpacks these things in our lives, and that's what's going on here now, right now. God's going to use this message to bring to mind in our lives some things that need to go that we need to declare war on. So here we go, six things. First of all, we can conduct an honest spiritual assessment of ourselves. Lamentations 340, let's examine our ways and test them, and let's return to the Lord. Time to ask ourselves some tough questions. Oh, man, I mean, just going online, All kind of, here are a couple of questions that came up over and over again. If you go to sites where, how do I know if I'm addicted to porn? How do I know if I'm addicted to drugs? How do I know if I'm addicted to food? Here are some questions that come up over and over again. Have you tried to stop, but were unable to? Have you made a promise to stop to friends and family, but you you can't ever keep the promise? Have you faced consequences, like losing a relationship, losing a job, losing your health, but you still kept doing it anyway? Then it might be controlling you. Do you need to have more and more of whatever it is to get the same high or the same result that you used to get? Is it escalating? Is it taking more of your time? And do you get the blues when you don't get it? Because it's all you think about. Kind of at the end of Proverbs there, oh, when can I wake up and have another drink? And are you decreasing other activities to devote time and resources to getting more of this? That's when things are controlling us. Now look, this is a hard message. But it's a message we need to hear. God has a plan for you and me. He has purposes planned for each one of us since before the world began there are wonderful things that he wants you and me to accomplish in this world, and he wants our full devotion. He promises to work within us to bring that about, but that's why we got to get rid of things that hobble us, that interfere with us, that control us. If we're under the control of alcohol, we're not under control of the Holy Spirit. If I'm under the control of an opioid, I'm not under the control of the Holy Spirit. If I'm under control of a porn addiction, I'm not under control of the Holy Spirit in that area of my life. Can't be. Can't be. And that's why Paul says, should we go on living that way? No. That's what Christ saved us from. Why would we go back and wallow in it? Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthians, um, and it was a hard letter. We don't have it preserved, but we do have a comment a commentary on what he said about it. 2 Corinthians 7 he said, I'm not sorry that I sent you that severe, sent that severe letter to you. Apparently, he was pointing out some things that needed to change in their church. Though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while, now I'm glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow that God wants his people to have. So you weren't harmed by us in any way, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, Results in spiritual death. Worldly sorrow is, hey, I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is the way I'm living. Or, I'm sorry I got caught. Godly sorrow is, Lord, I'm sorry that this is an area of my life that, where I'm blocking the power of your love. I'm just blocking whatever you want to do in my life because I won't give it up. It's too hard for me to let go. And Paul says, if it brings that kind of sorrow in your life. Well, then, sorry, but not sorry. said, I wrote the letter. I know it caused you pain, but I'd write it again. And for us, this message today might be one of those sort of things. It's time to deal with it. Do you realize God has amazing things in store for me this week? But if I'm tuned out to what he's doing because I'm tuned in to all this other stuff, well, the devil's using all that to get me sidetracked. If he can't keep me from coming to know Christ, he's going to completely tangle me up in things that will keep me from being effective and obedient. So first of all, I can take an honest assessment. Is there anything in my life that's controlling me? When I read those questions, did something come to mind? If so, write it down. Secondly, we can surrender any sinful habits or addictions God reveals to us and ask him to change us. This is the point of surrender. I mean, the great news is, is that this isn't about God pointing these things out to point out how bad we are. We came to Christ because we said we were filthy, rotten sinners and needed saving. He already knows how bad we are. Well, then why would I want to get this pointed out? Well, so I can Change. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he'll lift you up. If the Holy Spirit is convicted in us about something, it's so we can get rid of it and live victoriously. Every time we live life God's way, life goes better. If you agree with that statement, would you say amen? amen? When I give in to addictions and things, it always brings pain. If I give in to sinful habits in my life, it always leads to consequences I don't want. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. I always want to give us hope on this. I mean, somebody pointed out the other time, John, I think that's your favorite verse. I, I think it is too. This gives me so much hope that God is working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Paul said before I was a believer, I didn't have any of that power. I didn't even have the right desires. I knew I could change, but I couldn't. I, I wanted to change, but I couldn't do it. And God is setting me free through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want us to read this verse together, but I want us to, instead of saying the word you, I want you to say the word me as we read it. Let's make it personal. Let's read it together. For God is working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, if he's giving me the desire what pleases him, he's also going to show me what doesn't please him, and we've got to declare a war on that and throw it overboard. That's what we're talking about today. Army worms lost the war. <laughs> yeah. I said, are you sure you got him?" He goes, oh, we nuked them. They're done. Wouldn't that be great? If we could do that with a sinful habit or addiction? Yeah, through the power of the Holy Spirit, nuked it. God nuked it. It's no longer a part of my life. I'm free to accomplish what God wants me to do in this world. Oh, praise God. We can confess, thirdly, we can confess our sinful habits and or addictions to another believer and seek his or her help. Not just confess it to God, but to another believer. Listen to James five sixteen Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other, not just to God. We start with God, and then we find another brother or sister who can hold us accountable. So we can change. This is what church is all about. I can help you and you can help me. By the way, for those of you who are watching online, I'm glad you're watching online, but anytime you can get back to in-person worship, please get back to in-person worship. Anytime you can be a part of a small group face-to-face, do that. It is really hard to reach out and give somebody a hug on a screen. And we're together, man, we can encourage each other. People have told me, said, man, I love watching the worship services online. I can watch in my pajamas with a cup of coffee. It's just great. I go, well, good. I'm glad you enjoy it. And Please, if you come back to worship, don't wear your pajamas. I'm not sure what they look like. Anyway, but if you do come back, I said, there's one thing you're going to experience that you will have a hard time experiencing um, if you're not here. And They said, what's that? And I said, interaction with other people that you hadn't planned on meeting. If I watch online, man, I'm just watching. This is what I wanted to see. Do you know that virtually every time I come to a worship service, every single time, uh, I will say every single time, God lets me meet people here on a Sunday morning, that, and I'll be a part of a, something I didn't know that I could pray for someone, a word of encouragement. Sometimes people give me a word of encouragement. I never would have had that online because I didn't plan on it. And I'll take online anytime during COVID, But if we can come back to worship, let's come back. By the way, on the back side of your outline, if you're worshiping with us online, you can go to centeringlives.com. You'll find the whole list here. There's helpful resources, everything from Alcoholics Anonymous to Gamblers Anonymous to Overeaters Anonymous. And there are websites for each one of these where you could find other people who will understand you. And if you are dealing with an addiction or a sinful habit, at least go to the website and find out what they're doing. Two I want to point out to you are Celebrate Recovery on that list. That's a Christ-centered 12-step program. And Route 1520, it's a program for men struggling with porn addictions. Both of those have chapters here in Prattville at Journey Church. I had lunch with the pastor from that church the other day, uh, a week ago. And, I mean, they have opened up their church facility for the small groups where people can overcome habits and addictions that control them. And I know people personally... So if you are struggling with those things, you can you can email me, I'll get you a phone number, or somebody you can call, I'll tell you when it meets, where it meets, and how to get involved. All these, though, you can go to their websites and there are local chapters of all of these, all over Alabama, all over the nation. I also want to remind us that we can run from people or circumstances that tempt us to keep on sinning. That's a fourth thing we can do. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. After the first service, somebody walked out, my grandmother quoted me that every time I went on a date. (laughs) Bad company, crubs good character. It's true. I mean, if every time I'm around somebody, we drink too much, eat too much, party too hard, spend too much money, gamble away money we can't afford, why do I keep hanging around these people? Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Why am I doing it? And when am I going to change? Well, John, i got to have friends. Yep, that's point five. When you can run toward Christian fellowship. I mean, we just talked about how important this is. Not just for confession, but for friendship. Companionship. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. We're gonna, we are forming small groups that will all be launching here in the next month. Get in a small group. Get Christian friends. And then you can talk to them and go, Hey, i got a friend who's dealing with this, and I don't know how to help him. Hey, I'm dealing with this, and I don't know how to deal with it. Can you help me? Can I help you? Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. and this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Seems pretty clear. We're a real church. We help each other. We help each other. Can we say that together, please? We help each other. Now, say that to somebody else here. Just say, we help each other. Do it right now. Some of you didn't seem convinced. Okay, anyway. (laughs) That's what church is for. Church is more than just a meeting on Sunday morning. Yeah, this meeting, hopefully, God will encourage us. Today, hopefully, he'll give us a kick in the rump and get us going. Is it okay to say rump on Sunday morning? I think it is, okay. It's important. And finally, you and I can pray for friends, coworkers, and family members who are trapped in sinful habits and addictions. Not only can we deal with stuff ourselves, we can pray for people who are trapped. Keep watching pray so you won't give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus told his disciples that when they were too tired to even stay awake and pray with him for one hour the night before he was crucified. Man, but it's such a true statement. I want to do what's right, but I just can't. Jesus, well, the advice of Jesus would be, well, then you should pray. Pray that God will lead the people who are stuck in these things to where, the place where they can find help, a place where they can find hope, where they can find healing. Maybe to one of these places. The Lord says, I'll rescue those who love me. I'll protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I'll rescue and honor them. Oh, please don't give up praying for people. In fact, we're going to spend a few minutes in prayer right now. I'd invite you to keep this outline open as I'm praying. I'm going to pray about a number of different things and just ask God to do business in our hearts today. I hope he's spoken about something for yourself or maybe somebody you love. And we're going to do some business with him right now and declare war. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask for the grace of a deeply repentant heart. I want a deeply repentant heart beating in my chest. Lord, I don't want to have any area of my life under the control of anything else. I want you to control every part of my life, every part of my thought life, everything I do, because Lord, that's why I came to you. I'm a a sinner and I am saved by your grace. And Lord, I didn't come to stay trapped in the sin. I came to be set free. So set me free. Open my eyes to things that need to change. Open my eyes to things that I've hung on to and refused to change. Lord, I surrender and I give those areas of my life to you right now. And in a moment of silence, if the Lord spoke to you today when we were going through any part of this lesson, say, Lord, I heard you. Remember, we prayed at the beginning, Lord, I'm listening. Surrender it now. Let go. Declare war. Oh God, show me the ways I've offended you by what I've done or what I've failed to do, by what I've allowed into my life to control me. I surrender it to you now. I hold nothing back. Lord, for all the times that I've gone astray and chosen not to follow you, I am deeply sorry. I repent of a lack of faith where I acted in fear or looked out for my own comfort instead of your way. I acted in unbelief instead of trusting you. Lead me in the path of everlasting life. Father, who do I need to talk to? What website do I need to visit? What book do I need to read? Whose advice do I need? God, show me. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, please guide me. Give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Your scripture says that's what you do, so do it now, Lord. I want to cooperate with you. I want every single purpose, every single plan that you have for my life to be fulfilled. I don't want to fight you on anything. I thank you that when I came to you, you just received me as I was. And Lord, you've been working on me, and you're working on me right now. And so, Lord, help me cooperate with you. Change my desires. Open my eyes and my ears. Lord, I surrender my understanding of how things ought to be. I surrender my choices and my will. I surrender to you all the things that I've done well and all the things that I'm ashamed of. I surrender it all to you. You're the vine. I'm just a branch, and I can't do this without your power. I thank you, Lord, that I have the freedom to turn away from sin and the power to think your thoughts and to live your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me unconditionally and never leaving me or forsaking me, even when I mess up so badly. Thank you for drawing me to pray bold, confident prayers like I'm praying right now. Thank you for giving me the desire and the power to do what you want. Thank you for the grace to listen to you and believe in you and come to you. Thank you for picking me up when I fail and fall. Thank you for keeping me in perfect peace as long as my mind is fixed on you. Thank you for making all things work together for good when I place my trust in you. Thank you for enabling me to rise out of discouragement and walk in joy. Thank you for giving your angels charge over me to guide me in all my ways. Thank you for giving me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And thank you for giving me victory in Christ Jesus and turning curses into blessings because through you I am more than a conqueror. Oh, Jesus, we praise you now and forever. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, We ask these things in Jesus' holy name that he might be glorified through us. Amen.